Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Well, my friends are gone and my hair is grey. I ache in the places where I used to play And I'm crazy for love But I'm not coming on I'm just paying my rent every day In the Tower of Song I said to Hank Williams How lonely does it get? Hank Williams hasn't answered yet, but I hear him coughing all that long. Oh, a hundred floors above me in the Tower of Song. Here we are on Radical Australia, and the guest has got a knife. <laughs> Andy, di- didn't you stop this maniac coming in? <laughs> He's got a knife. And there's a fire as well. <laughs> a fire and a knife. I can't believe it. There's a fire and a knife here on, uh, on uh, Radical Australia. Now, our guest, we've got a double birthday to celebrate, Pierre Mora. Do we? Yes, we've got Lazy Wednesday Arvo is celebrating their 14th birthday. Well done, well done. And as Pierre, we don't want to actually uh, humiliate him. We won't ask him how old he is, but uh, it's his birthday. That's right, 52. 52. 52 today. Now, we've got a little cake for you here. There you go. Now, would you like to blow out the candle, All right, you'll have to make the sounds for the radio as a blower. Oh, that's Andy's job. I just... Happy birthday, birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Pierre. Happy birthday to you. And happy birthday to Lazy Wednesday afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Well, hey, hey, don't run away. There's the cake. You're going to get a fine. You're going to get a fine for what? For eating cake. You're not supposed to eat cake. Is your name Marie Antoinette? No, the the cake police. All right. Who wants a bit of cake in here? Here we go. All right. Thank you very much. Brilliant. 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 He's very good at cutting the cake, isn't he? Yeah, I can. Feel, I can feel the pressure of. of yeah. Well, I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm. I'm much happier now that he's actually cutting the cake and not me. <laughs> There's one for 40, Andy. 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 I thought he was going to do a bit of unauthorized Cheers. surgery. And it's all one for. It's always a worry. Yeah. 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 Bugger mm, lugs, this yeah. is good, isn't it? Talking, yeah. talking. Eighty. You'll have a strawberry too. All right. I'll return it. Yeah. Look. No. No. Ah. That, uh, Pierre's taking that home. He's having drinks after with his mates. Right. He can take that to his mates. And, well, Pierre, it's a pleasure having you here. Oh, yeah. It's now, a pleasure to be here, Joe. Now, Pierre Moro isn't your real name. Tell us your full name. It's Pier Giorgio Antonio Moro. Antonio Pier Giorgio Antonio Moro. That's right. Now, look. We'll have is that finished? Okay. No, it's Italian. Oh, right. Oh. <laughs> well, only half a continent away. But so you're born in 
52. No, you're 52. You weren't born in 52. Where's your mathematics? I don't know. You're a child of the 60s, you know. Yeah, I am actually. I'm actually the last year of the the post-war boom, 64. Post-war boom. Yeah, 64. You're just a youngster, isn't he, Andy? Mm. He's a youngster. Yeah, look, you can't talk at the same time, can you, Andy? (laughs) Now, the Empress Dale Bridge is usually our co-host, but she's uh, unwell, so she sends her apologies and bad luck if missed out on the cake, Dale. Mm. That's the way it goes. That's right. Now, as you know, on Radical Australia, we only ask you two questions in between you. Is the cake all right? Yeah, it's quite good. So lemon, lemon tart, I think. Yeah, yeah. I went. I actually went to an Italian shop. To I get saw it. that. I yeah, saw that because I thought I'd, you know, celebrate your cultural heritage. You know, you were being trying to be culturally uh, sensitive. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, <laughs> trying, <laughs> trying. The key word is trying. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, before you get, you get mm. yeah, you've eaten the strawberry, now you're into the cake, but mm. just leave it for a minute. Right. You know, I don't want you to choke, because oh. I'm not giving you mouth to mouth. I'm off duty, okay? Oh, come on. Now, now, now he's licking his fingers. I mean, this is this is disgusting. A 52-year-old man licking his fingers. Didn't your mother teach you anything? <laughs> she tried. She tried. All right, let's, mm. let's, let's, let's ask speak. you the first question. We've yeah. asked you the first question. Yeah. We were born in 64. And the second mm. question, you now he's having a drink. What next? I'm you want to brush your teeth? I'm breaking all the rules, aren't I? No. <laughs> all right. What's the earliest thing you remember? Now he's undoing his jacket. Um, well, that's a very, very interesting uh, thing. Is that what I'm going to? Is this a psychological analysis? Of, no, not of, at all. No, no. Um, the first thing I remember was actually a uh, a beach in Libya because that's where I was. I was born. I must have been just a few years old, yeah. and I think that has seared in my um, uh, head Mm. because at some point I was running on the said beach Mm. and I stepped on a broken uh, bottle, glass bottle. That's right. (laughs) And so I got a few stitches um, on my foot as it went through Uh my toes. Uh So I think, you know, the pain of it and whatever... No. Was Libya still a colony, an Italian colony? No, wouldn't they? They lost it after the Second World War, didn't they? That's right, they lost after the Second World War. So, so what, was that what your parents doing there? Well, that's a very interesting story. Um, well, that's, that's what this program right. is about. Basically, and there is actually, it actually does come, as the story unfolds, in the end there will actually be, you see how history actually goes around in weird ways and sometimes it's just fate how it develops. But anyway... Um, Italy was a late coloniser power of Europe, so they were basically left with the so-called drags. Yeah, Libya, of, Ethiopia. Uh, th- that's right. And wow. Libya was basically just sand. They didn't know there was oil. They just thought it was sand there. Yeah. So they went, they, they, they went there in the 1920s. They fought off the Libyans. There weren't that many there, so they weren't, um, you know, but they still used napalm and all that. So, um, and they basically then sent around Oh, 20,000 of their peasants from Italy and said, go and populate the thing. And that's why my grandparents. So they came from different parts of Italy, four different parts, and they met in Tripoli, in Libya, and that's where my parents were born. And then after the Second World War, um, it became independent. But the Italians that were there, they were basically mainly the middle class, the urban middle class. Um, the US and the British oil companies took all the oil, and they left the fifteen, twenty thousand Italians as just urban middle class. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I was born. My brother was born uh, in the mid sixties, early mid sixties. And um, then in nineteen sixty nine, and it was independent. They had King Idris 
from Benghazi. Mm-hmm. And so, again, how history goes around and around. Benghazi, that's right. And, um, and then this uh, colonel from the Tripoli side of Libya, Mr. Gaddafi, mm-hmm. decided that uh, the King Idris was old and a bit corrupt and whatever. So he took power. Uh, it was a fairly bloodless coup. I uh, don't think there was much to push. Yep. Um, and then... Um, and what, the Italians, what happened to the poor 15,000 to 20,000 Italian middle class? Well, the first thing he did, he nationalised the oil companies. So the British and the, oil co- and the US companies left. Right. Mm-hmm. And then um, very soon after, he basically said to, um, to um, uh, all the Italians, uh, well, to the Italian government, said, um, oh, look, by the way, you had a, um, a conquest here. Oh. Um, and so you need to pay war reparations. Right. And he asked for like something like $2 billion or yeah, something yeah. like that. And um, um, what happened was the Italian government said, no, that's we're not right. going to pay for... That was, that's the time of the Red Brigades in Moro, wasn't it? Uh, no, that was just at the just start, 1970. Just, that was yeah. the... Uh, no, the fascists were stronger right. then. They're right, they said, anyway, no, up yours. That's right. Mm. And so um, Gaddafi said, oh, well, then all the Italians can go back. Of course, for like us and my parents, we weren't actually going back because we weren't born there. Right. I was actually a second-generation Libyan. Right. So we went – so I was actually a refugee. Mm. I'm actually classified as a, a refugee. refugee. So we went to, to Italy for four years. Now, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's go yeah. back a step. So how old were you then? I was born in 64. That was 1970. I was six. Six. And do you have any recollections? Did What language did you speak at home? What was your primary language? Italian. Italian. So we any... spoke Italian at, and then would have learned Arabic at, at school. At school. But do you have any recollections about the discussions which were going on in the home? Or did you understand what was going on? No, no, no. I have this weird image of um, – it's one of those like – very weird mixed up image of like lots of people and screaming and right. luggage and yes. whatever. Sort yeah. of a bit of a like one of those um, films that you see, you know. Yeah. So all, that's, all the caricatures. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. So I was way too young and, to even right. realise right. what was so, happening. So what did you get a boat or did you fly out or do you remember? Good question. I don't know. I presume it would have been a boat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because it was only a ferry ride away, mm. Italy, so we would have got a, a boat. Mm. Um, and so then my father was – we were in, um, a bit lucky that in the sense that my father was working for an insurance company, and so he was able to get a job in Italy. Mm-hmm. And that's where we stayed for four years. Did you stay in a refugee camp or – Mm-hmm. Uh, no, because he was able to get the job right. relatively quickly. So mm-hmm. I don't know where we stayed. Like, no. I'm, I'm sure we're going to. But um, quite a number of Italians stayed in refugee camps, and given the pace of Italian bureaucracy. <laughs> <laughs> well, they still trying to work out some of the settlement payments <laughs> from those times. Let, yeah. let me just say, anyway. Yeah, yeah. It was probably well, lucky. We're in Italy, were you based? Uh, we ended up in this place called Trieste, oh, Trieste which really is nice. northeast next yeah. to the Yugoslavian border, which very was nice. also a contested, if anyone knows the history, exactly. a contested yeah. side <laughs> between the Yugoslavs and the Italians. Mm. And for many years after the Second World War, it was a bit of an issue which way it would go. Mm. Anyway, so we stayed there four years, so we started going to school and whatever. And then um, this insurance company said to my father, Oh, do you want to go for six years to Melbourne, Australia? We've got a little, tiny little subsidiary here. Mm-hmm. And because they were like living in a small flat and, you know, and the, 
it was a bit polluted and whatever. They just thought, eh. Mm. And they got him to teach, they teach him English as well. Right, right. So they said, oh, yeah, we'll go for six years. And we'll go for six years to Melbourne, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, they never knew where Melbourne, Australia was. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. And certainly, I had no idea where I was going. It was just like, oh, yeah, we're oh, going somewhere. Well, you'd be about 10 then, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. you should have had some idea. Well, I looked at that. How about the kangaroo? Did you know about the kangaroo? Um, no, there's pictures <laughs> no. of me seeing looking at kangaroos here. Yes. <laughs> All right. So what's the first thing you remember? When, I assume you flew across. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. flew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. went straight direct to Melbourne or Sydney? Melbourne. 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 All right. You do all the formalities. You open the door of the airport. Bang. What do you think? Um, well, I mean, the, the, it was, we actually stayed the first two weeks. I think mm-hmm. the first week. We actually stayed... In a hotel oh, very uh, nice. opposite the shrine. Oh, very nice. So yes. we just went to the garden all yes. the time. And so yes. going from Italy, from a small, Trieste is a small city, yes. not many gardens, no. basically staying right next to this huge <laughs> garden. Yes. You sort of go, oh, it's not bad. Not bad, yeah. Then we moved to Elwood for about six months. Elwood. Yeah, yeah, mm. in, a, in a flat. And did you go to another flat? Yeah, another uh, flat. Did your father start? Kind of complain that he, they'd lied to him or something? No, 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 no. no. They, were, they were looking, you know, it takes time to buy, you know. All oh, right. You've got to have right. credit, yeah. some credit, yeah, um, yeah. you know. Right. So I went to a local um, high school mm-hmm. um, and didn't on, know much on, English. Oh, no, primary school. So. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. I mean, you, unless you did a bit of accelerated development, no. which I don't no, think is your. I, no, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did your mum think? What did your mum think of all this, you know? She's lived in Libya all her life. She gets tossed out, goes yeah. to Trieste, where she doesn't really feel 100% part of the yeah. sea, and then sent to Melbourne. And it's not a, she just can't even speak the language. What did she think about all this? Um, well, I mean, well, what happened after the, is then they looked for houses. Right. And we ended up, this is 1975, uh, we ended up in Glen Waverley. Mm-hmm. And we bought the Australian dream. Yep. The quarter of an acre, three bedrooms, three bedroom, picket brick, fence, brick veneer <laughs> yeah. house, you know. Yeah. Yes. And of course, you have to remember, 1975 Glen Waverley was an outer suburb. It had actually been developed four years earlier, mm. and it was as white as you can get. Mm-hmm. Like, we were the Italians have moved in, mm. and I can still remember people looking and saying, oh, and truly, look, <laughs> people say, are we good that we're talking to you? <laughs> How about those strange smells that were coming from the kitchen? You know, the olive oil. Um, but it was really like the outer suburb. You know, you know, especially on the weekend. Can you imagine those Western movies where you got those um, tumbleweeds? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was like the Glen Waverley <laughs> cultural. Are you saying cultural tumbleweeds? A physical and cultural sure. tumbleweeds <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's where I grew up. And so where does a young boy go to school? And you and your brother. Is your brother younger or older? Older. He's two years older. older. So he went to high school. He went to primary school. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I went to... Um, uh, Glen Waverley Primary School mm-hmm. uh, at first, yep. and I probably should have just stayed there. I think right. it would have been much better to have gone at Glen Waverley High School because you see, my parents came here for six years, right? And so the idea was that we're going to go back. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the yeah. idea, yeah. and so they thought, oh, um, that maybe you should go to a good school, a good, uh, yeah. that's a, a Catholic school. <laughs> Yeah, my parents were Catholic. I don't think they were all that. No, no, they looked. They asked around, and said, "Where are the good schools?" Oh, you yes. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So, of course, you look at the private schools. Yes. But, you know, you can't actually just get to a private school like, oh, can I send my kids next year or whatever. But somehow through contacts and whatever, they sent us to Caulfield Grammar. Caulfield Grammar, very nice. Which, well, at that time, <laughs> it was one of the lower um, oh, private. Um, oh. No, no, no. I'm upset. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it was actually like in St Kilda, the school. Uh-huh. It was before the Willis Hill campus and whatever. Right, it was right. all boys and yes, all that. Yes. So I basically grew up in Glen Waverley, yeah. but I went to school in St Kilda. <laughs> so I ended up not knowing anyone in Glen Waverley. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, at oh, that time... How are you going with your English at this time? Because this is your second language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It took me a year. I was, I wasn't a, a, um, wasn't very, a very quick early uptaker. <laughs> right. So, but I did get there, uh-huh. you know. So, but about so, the, you know, I so, did grade six. By the time yeah, I, I was, so people weren't poking fun at you and all this stuff. You know, um, in primary school. I would say they did more than that. <laughs> what, what type of thing? Um, Just a little, slight example. Uh, there's way too many examples. <laughs> Put it this way: that uh, how can I say? Um, Coffee Ground was an old boys' school, uh-huh. and it was very Anglo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Apart from there was a very big Greek community, but yes. they s- stood by themselves. Yeah. And so as the Italian, we were terribly picked. There was t- horrible racism, <laughs> yeah. um, including the teachers, may I add, yes, yes, as yes, well, yes, you know. Yes, yes. So, Did you get uh, the, the joke about the Italian tank? Uh, no. No. Uh, look, I was 10 years uh, younger. Yeah. Older, I should say, 10 years older. And in the 50s, it was... It was all about Second World War jokes, like oh. the Italian tank. It's got uh, four reverse gears and one forward gear. That's oh, all, yeah. That's all, you got that one? Yeah, I got that. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It wasn't easy, was it? No, no. It wasn't, wasn't easy. And, mm. um, it, um, you know, if I can jump forward, it's yeah. amazing how now Italians are just seen as part of the furniture. And, well, we're you know, on, honorary whites now. That's right. We're honorary honorary whites. You know, and... Right. and Whenever I tell people that, especially, you know, from other countries, like, you know, you go, well, you, you might think I look white, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah. the Japanese in South Africa during apartheid, honorary whites, you know. Mm, yeah. yeah, we had that. But then we weren't honorary whites. No, no, we, no. We, we, were, we were the blacks. Mm, mm. Mm, mm. I thought there was a, the real blacks underneath. Yeah, yeah, but not. they didn't count. That's right. Yeah, they, you didn't think about them. No, no. Who? No, no. Who? <laughs> Aborigines, who are they? So, where'd no. you go to high school? Well, I went to Caulfield Grammar. That's where they sent me. That's where I did my high school. Uh, everything? Yeah, everything. You went, how many years were you at Caulfield Grammar? Seven years. You, you, you're pretty. Your feet are on the ground for a man who went to Caulfield Grammar for seven years, Pierre. I've got to give you some respect. I mean, oh, that's nice. What, Why? Was, it, what was it like? Mm. Did it improve as you got older? Um. Yeah, it improved uh, a little bit. Mm-hmm. I got more accepted mm-hmm. over over the years. Is that because of your fists or because of your? Uh... Um, in the end, yes. <laughs> Although I was a late developer, so it took a while for that to to happen. But uh, yes. you know, and people sort of matured and had yeah. other things to worry about and yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, but some people, you know, even at year twelve, thought you know, I was the Wogan. It will always be a walk, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, yeah, no, I survived. Um, and uh, because I, you know, someone asked me, and I remember in year 11, because it was quite, you know, it was very much like, they used to tell us, you're a callful grammarian. Once a callful grammarian, always, always be a callful grammarian. They said, when you go for jobs, people will look callful grammar and they'll employ you yes. because of that. Yes. 
Never happened to me. <laughs> oh, no, it happened at 3CR. That's why he employs you, because you came from Caulfield Grammar. Didn't anybody tell you at the interview? <laughs> uh, but, no, the, the interesting was that year 11, they said to me, I remember someone asking me, are you a communist? And I went, oh, no, no, I'm only a social democrat. Social uh, democrat. Where yeah. did this big word come from? Oh, I don't know, you know, but that was, uh, that was the thing. that. Um, but, yeah, so that was, that was my life at... Hang on, you must have been showing some tendency to somebody to say you were communist. Well, yeah, because um, um, I didn't really believe what I was being told. And I, well, put it this way when you go to a school and you're very much the bottom of the pile mm. and you get physically and verbally abused, when they go and tell you, oh, this is so special and you should be so happy for this and all that, mm. you sort of go, hmm, I don't quite think so. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how did year 12 go? Did you uh, uh, graduate? Yeah, yeah, I went through year 12. I, I was fairly good at um, um, memory, mm-hmm. so memorised things. Oh, yeah, and yeah. at that time, it was a bit easy getting to uh, universities. Was, yeah. So I just aimed for like a science degree. Mm-hmm. And so, and I did Italian as my additional, <laughs> additional to get more marks, you know. Yes, yes. And I have to say, you know, yeah, I spent half of the year 12, Every night, I would go home and thinking, how many marks do I need <laughs> instead of studying? <laughs> I had about 25 marks leeway in the end, yeah, so I was very happy. So you graduate? Yeah. How yeah, old were you, 18? I, I was 17. 17. So I was a young, young, yeah. young, yeah. young, young yeah. person. And how, how was life going in Glen Waverley? Oh, not very good, not no? I didn't know many people. No. It was, you know, it's only when I started going to university when I went at Monash Uni. You went to Monash Uni? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why did you choose Monash? Oh, it was close. It was close. <laughs> <laughs> Not because of its radical history. No. No, because no, no, it was no. close. It was close. What, what did you do? Science? Science. Science. <laughs> I did science degree. Well, you should be grateful, shouldn't you? I, um... I, 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 I wanted to do... I wanted to become a botanist. A botanist. Yeah, and it took me until three and a half... Up till the third year yeah. of my degree, I thought, oh, I don't want to do botany now. <laughs> so I thought, what do I do? So, you know, it, it became a bit of a um, whatever. But let me just get back to you a couple of things. Yeah. Back to the Libya story. Yes. So in the 1980s, um, the Italian government um, wanted access to the oil. And so they actually went to Gaddafi and said, is that offer for paying retro, uh, <laughs> still, uh, open. <laughs> still open? And he said, um, only with interest. And they said, fine. <laughs> so they paid it. Yeah. So they actually, like 15 years later, they yeah. actually paid the full amount. So always, um, you know, like my life would have been totally different. Yeah, but did you have the right of return? No. No. No, no, we were stopped until very recently. And then, of course... There's no government, no, so no, you wouldn't no. want to return. No. But for, for lots of many years, at least 25 years, all the, all the Italians that were born, they could not go oh, back. Couldn't go back. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, if the Italian government had paid in 1970, mm. I would have, you know, we would have just lived mm. there. Yeah, you would have been there holding a gun, part of a militia. Well, most it's probably. Um, prob- obviously. Obviously, everyone obviously. else is. And now you're here in Melbourne. That's right. That's right. So when you, you, better made... be, you better be careful, otherwise, you know, Asia will think, oh, Libyan, militia, gun, they'll start, you know. Ah, oh, look, uh, nobody listens to the program. You're safe. Uh, they don't bother anymore. Right. They've got, they got real terrorists they've got to follow. Yeah. Yeah. So, Guns, Libya. And then, um, 
in terms of, you know, I said I would come here for six years. Yeah, in the end, my parents decided that um, it was going to be too hard to come back. So we, when I was at Down the Form 5 or Year 11, mm. they just said, oh, we're staying here. Yeah. So Big family um, discussion. don't know if there was a big family no, discussion. No, no, you'll stay. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, So that was that's So it. what happened when you came to this Rubicon that you weren't going to uh, do botany and you're in your third year of science? Um, see, I was actually in the lucky that there was a whole window period where uni courses mm-hmm. were free. That's right. So you could swap. So I just moved into arts, arts. and then doing a geography degree mm-hmm. in honours. And then I did DPED because having a because I did my honours mm-hmm. on African famine, uh-huh. the famine in Africa, and that's not many jobs there. No, nah, no. Nah. So then I did a DPED. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was good. What did you do the DPED through? Uh, Monash. Monash, right. At geography... General science, biology, I think, were my thing. So here you are, 22, ready to be re- released on the universe. Yeah, yeah, the funny thing was, doing my, my um, degree at, uh, at, at, you know, doing my DPED, I sort of looked a bit young. Mm-hmm. And so there's a couple of times at schools where that teachers would sort of say, which class are you in? <laughs> so I think I had a bit of a problem in terms of... Um, Authority, authority, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Imposing your authority on on the students. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And tell us us some interesting experiences as a dip-ed, you know, trainee teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I decided that I needed a bit of a break, so I went for a bit of travel. Did you actually do any teaching? Let me get to it. Let me get to it. (laughs) I did the travel. I travelled, and then I ended up up in Darwin. Hang on. Where did you travel to? Oh, up. Uh, the guts of Australia and then oh. in Southeast Asia for a number of months. Oh, the usual boring stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, well, if you're on the non-boring stuff, I went for my... Uh, when did I do my master's? I did afterwards. But anyway, I ended up in Darwin mm. and, um, yeah, I did a well, bit of teaching there. Did you have the fear to come back No, I Melbourne? didn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only reason you'd stay in Darwin. No, it was great. I really enjoyed it. This is in um, 88. Uh-huh. It's quite different then. Yeah, so I did yeah. teaching... There, yeah. and yeah, look, it was. Where, where did you teach? Just at the high schools. I was an emergency relief teacher, yeah, so yeah. you got all kinds of. Yes. My um, my top top type of thing was, I got given a relief teach in a woodwork class, <laughs> of like year tens. There were about six of them, and yeah. like I was fairly ill-equipped <laughs> to look after them. Let me put it this way. They went through 2,000 staples in the first 15 minutes. <laughs> they stapled one of their kids. They stapled him to the floor. Within half an hour, I had people banging at the door of other kids wanting to come in <laughs> to my class. To staple other students. <laughs> so, uh, but I managed to like, make sure none of them got injured or killed themselves. So, you know, all right. <laughs> Choked to death here. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen that. It should yeah. be on YouTube. <laughs> Today it would be on YouTube. You'd be well, out of a job. And the thing is, the school, you know, got me back after that as well. So. Well, you're very popular. Yeah. Very... So where did you live in Darwin? Uh, in Stewart Park. In the park? No, no. It was a, uh, <laughs> you were a long grass, were you? <laughs> no, no, in a little flat, whatever. I really enjoyed it. It was, it was good. It was relaxed and interesting people and whatever. So how many years? Oh, just three and a half months. Three and a half months. It sounds like the best three and a half months of your life. Yeah, that was pretty good. And then I came back to Melbourne via Perth. I did, uh, you know, a bit more travel uh, and whatever. Right, right. So then I ended up here not knowing what to do. 
How old are you now? 24 or something? 23, 24? Uh, it would have been 89, so yeah. it would have yeah. been 25. Yeah, 25. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you, you slacker. 25, uh, that's two right. degrees, <laughs> master's honours, deep No, end. no, I didn't have master's then. All right. And then through <laughs> some weird more accents and design, mm. I was offered a scholarship to do a master's. Who'd offer you a scholarship? At the geography department at oh, Monash. Oh. So I thought, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. They then reneged on the scholarship, but right. that was, you know, months after. That was a bit of a problem. But anyway, I'd sort of started whatever. Yeah. And then I, um, I decided to do it on the uh, Revolutionary Trail. They were fighting the liberation struggle from Ethiopia. Why would you be interested in that? Because I was interested in development. Right. Yeah, yeah. So mm. I actually ended up going there in late 89. Yeah. Eritrea. Yeah, yeah, into the field. You into know. the field. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, it was one of the times where it, um, it taught me that asking questions can be very powerful mm. because my whole thing was um, looking at, like it took a year to get myself accepted to go there, obviously. So what, to, what did you have to do? Well, I had to go to the Eritrean community here. Mm-hmm. They had to send it to Germany where they've had another community. Then it had to be sent to Khartoum in Sudan, where they had another community. And then it had to be sent inside Eritrea, and they all had to say yes, that I could come. Mm. Now, just explain to people what Eritrea was like in 89, because I don't think people understand what was going on. All right. Eritrea, and, and look, and this is just a, a, a coincidence, was actually another Italian colony, but... Yeah, coincidence. Maybe you're working for the Italian CIA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. I wouldn't be here. <laughs> um... And um, But no, but it then got colonised by Britain as well and then got integrated in Ethiopia. But because it actually had developed slightly different, they didn't really like Ethiopia. And then there was a bit of discrimination. Then they had protests. They got fired upon. And so there was a bit of a struggle. And by the late 80s, it was like a 30-year struggle, you know, guerrilla warfare, whatever. And they and Ethiopia had changed from a U.S., to the Soviet Union country. Yeah. So they'd actually been fighting the US first and then the Soviet, Soviet Union. Union. Mm. So, um, and they were very, very self-sufficient. So that's why I went to see And a lot of um, African revolutions, as people would know, have really not gone well after they won. No. So I decided, that, well, they're still fighting. There were all this good stuff about, you know, on the, uh, being taught about it. Mm. And so I thought, let's go there and, and see it. It was a, Crazy idea of a 25-year-old that... Oh, no, no, you're doing you know, your master's. You want to do it properly. That's right. Yeah. So um, off, I, off I go there. How did you get there? Uh, you fly into Khartoum, mm-hmm. and then they took you illegally via Sudan and Port Sudan and... What, by truck, car, what? Uh, by car, by okay. Land Rover. Right. Um, so I had to get you know myself there and whatever and, yeah. And... Um, so I go in there and I start, you know, I start asking questions and whatever. And, you know, when I went in there with English, I said, oh, look, I can teach in, you know, I said I can teach English if you want. I actually had a teaching, you know, as a mm. second language degree. Mm. I brought a lot of stuff, whatever. So, yeah, after about two weeks, they just said, tomorrow you're going. And I said, where? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, uh, Why? Oh, we've just decided tomorrow you're going. And, you know, with people with Kalashnikovs, whatever, you yeah. don't really argue yeah. argue with that. No. But, of course, then that sent me into a bit of a spin because once I got into Sudan, my visa had expired, so I was legal. 
and I had to. I had like half a day. Hang to on, make they sure kept you there for two weeks. Yeah, the visa was only. No, a, no, 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 in Eritrea. So I was two weeks in Sudan. Yeah. And two weeks in Eritrea. Right. So it took me a while to get in, and um, I had a visa for only one month. For Sudan. Oh yeah. yeah I had yeah. no visa for. Eritrea, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the whole idea would have been to stay there and then yeah, to yeah. go back and then sort out things. Yeah, yeah. But basically, I got sent out from Eritrea back to this place called Port Sudan. Port Sudan, I think it's called. Or did you step on some toes or something? Obviously. That's right. <laughs> and I was you, basically, you didn't understand the factions, did you? <laughs> and I, I was basically just left alone. Yeah. So yeah. I needed to get... You know, get out of the country real quickly. But that's a long story. I won't. But I did manage to get out. And no, 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 we like long stories. Yeah. So how, long did you, how long were you stuck in Sudan for? No, no, I got out within half a day. Half a day? Yeah, I got did a... Did you pay a bribe or something? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's 4.34. This is Radical Australian Community Radio 3CR, streaming live on 3cr.org.au. Young Andy is taking the place of the Empress, Dale Bridge. He's doing all the technical work. Without him, we would never... I, uh, He's a fantastic show. job. <laughs> I just keep quiet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dale usually butts in when I get a bit too rambunctious. Uh, and uh, we're interviewing, well, we're talking to, we're not interviewing. <laughs> I mean, we don't have to interview Pierre. He's actually <laughs> keeps talking and talking. We just try to <laughs> deviate him to different directions. Half a day, pays his bribe, out of the Sudan. So what, you came back to Melbourne with your tails between your legs? Well, no, I didn't have tails because I didn't, you know, I just went, oh, Oh. <laughs> that's what I went, oh, what do I do now? So I eventually managed to finish my master's, and that's another story with, uh, with the you problems with the bureaucracy of the university. You must have made up a lot of it. You're only in Eritrea for two weeks. Well, no, I interviewed oh. lots of people. Did you? No wonder they, were like, they told you to go. Yeah, yeah, so I asked lots of questions and whatever. Did so, they still use Italian? Not many. Not many. No, no, no. right. Um, so, um, yeah, and then... Um, you know, and then what I basically my thesis was all about analysing the revolution, and and um, unfortunately, what I didn't understand again. You know, you, you learn you learn lessons in life. Mm. Then I thought university was not that I really believed it. But I thought, oh, look, I'll do my degree, and they'll just judge it by mm. what it is. Yeah. What I didn't know was that um, it took me a little while to do it because my supervisor was a bit incompetent. But mm. anyway, that's another mm. story. Yeah. And one of the examiners was basically the Australian expert Spurt. in Africa, <laughs> all things African. Yes. And what I didn't know mm. was that he was a huge supporters of the Eritrean liberation, liberation struggle. struggle. Yes. Yes. Uh, and I dare to criticise them. So he wrote an 11-page diatribe yes. against me, yes. most of which was... Political. Well, well, I remember. I remember the period because Eritrea was the second coming. It was the textbook, you know, radical, mm. egalitarian, democratic revolution. I remember all the garbage that we used to read. And right. when you look at Eritrea today, you, you, I mean, you you were the canary in the cage. Well, I was. It went up in <laughs> flame. The canary in the cage. <laughs> this guy. Um, what did I? Um, what did he call me? He called me, he put, this is on that, like, yes. a objective assessment of that. He said, he, Mr. Morrow is a liberal armchair revolutionary criticising the real revolutionaries on, in, the, in the field. Must have been a bloody Maoist. Sounds like <laughs> Maoist crap. And then, another point I said, 
I noticed that a lot of them were reading a lot of Time magazine and Newsweek magazines <laughs> and a lot of, you know, in the field, every yeah, trans yeah. they could read. Yeah, yeah. And I made a, a um, you know, a statement that mm. these magazines have ideology. They're not, you know, and they carry through ideology and, and this is part of what is happening mm. in the... Mm. And, and um, the, this examiner, who shall remain nameless, <laughs> said at this point... His thesis sinks to new depths. <laughs> <laughs> sinks to new depths. I love it. Well, that's the old story, isn't it, about the revolutionary left? If you can't, if you can't put the peg in the round hole, you smash it in with a hammer. You know. Anyway, anyway did Joe, you did you get your masters? I did. Uh-huh. I did in the end, and we went to a um, and um. But then you went through the university itself, and right. it's another. You know, you learn lessons in life and mm-hmm. about authority and hierarchies. Although, you know, I should have learned all those lessons that Corfu Grimmer about hierarchy right. and exactly. authority. <laughs> I went to a. Um, so he went to the. This assessment had to go through the internal department, mm-hmm. and in the department, it actually states only objective academic things are to be, you know, whatever mm-hmm. discussed and taken into consideration, and the arts department at Monash totally accepted everything that this guy said, the whole 11 pages of diatribe. And so I went to one of the people that was on the panel and I said to him, can you explain this to me? (laughs) And and this guy goes to me as, you know, he's going up the escalator and he goes away. He says, Pierre, look, I like you. I'll be honest with you. You're an undergraduate, and he's a professor. Bye-bye. <laughs> bye, bye. Exactly. <laughs> you understand now. That's right. So, yeah. Yeah. so eventually yeah. I eventually got it and whatever. And all I can say is yeah. that history proved which one of us was right. Yes, because tell us about Eritrea today. Well, look, I don't know much about mm. her, mm. but it's a bit of a hellhole. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. If you speak to the Eritrean community, they'll tell you. It's yeah, yeah, every, yeah. Every... Principle of revolution has been. And look, denig- it, I would actually, I'd be fascinated to find out actually what happened in the first five, ten years, mm. how it went for, and it was an incredibly participatory, uh, and their level of women involvement, of gender equality, was far and above any other movement mm. and whatever. Mm. How, the, how did that process start? How did it go down so fast? Yeah. I'd be interested to mm. find out. All right, you've got your masters. You're yeah. waving it to the university, saying, "I'm ready to be employed." <laughs> what no, happened? No, no, no. I just no. went through just employing. I just <laughs> end up getting some jobs in the community sector here and there, bits and pieces. Well, why jobs in the community sector? I just I needed to work, basically. Uh, well, and and well, a masters in geography doesn't get you far. Um, no, because. <laughs> I basically said that – I remember my honours was all about famine in, in Africa mm. and I basically said famine is a political event, not an environmental mm-hmm. drought right. thing. And and I did my master's on a revolutionary movement and I criticised so them. Right. So if you go to lots of the um, NGOs around here, yes. for a whole set of reasons, they'll go – who the hell is this person? I'm not going to touch him. So yeah, yeah. there was another area. More so discrimination. Again, another thing that I learned. You you know, what about, are your parents thinking about what's happening now? He's nearly 30 and he's still flannery around. What, what, are the, what are the conversations like at home in Glen Waverley? I think I left home by then. <laughs> yeah, but you'd go back occasionally, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'd yeah. say, what, like, are you doing? what are you doing? At that, at that point, they would just sort of say, are you happy, Pierre? <laughs> <laughs> 
that, that, um, you know, they'd given you know, up all their expectations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they had degrees. They had degrees. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, they'd reached it, you know. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, are you happy? What did you say? Yeah. Oh, good, yeah. good, good. Yeah. So anyway, so I just started doing, you know, bits here and a bit there, and I started doing training at 3CR. So I got involved in community hang on, radio. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. How could you I do started, training? I, I got into 3CR in '91. What for? Uh, because I went to the Philippines. Now you tell us. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, there's interlinking, the overlapping on, thing. I, I'm not like just a book that you just read. No, you no, know, we know that. That's why, we're, that's why we're asking. <laughs> what did you go to the Philippines for? Couldn't get a job in Australia or something? No, 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 no. <laughs> because there was, um, I was interested and I wanted to get more in touch with the movements around the Asia-Pacific region. And hadn't you learnt your lesson in Eritrea? No, 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 no. Uh, so, so I went to the Philippines to a peace and... Uh, to anti-military demonstrations and all that. So I went there for, I don't know, a week, two weeks and all that. So I learned a bit about the movement uh-huh. in uh, the Philippines. So then I got involved in the Philippines Solidarity Movement, but then that split very, very quickly after that. But that's how I got onto 3CR because after I went to the Philippines, I got interviewed in uh-huh. 1991. Here in 3CR. Who interviewed you? I can't remember. You can't remember. Sorry. Oh, you can remember. Your, you can remember the person who did the, all those negative assessments of your masters, but you can't remember the person who opened a door into a new life for you. No, but I've got a <laughs> feeling that I probably then split from them as well. Did you? Anyway, yeah. <laughs> you know how the left is, Joe. No, not really. No, I don't consider myself part of the left. <laughs> anyway, anyway. So that's how I started getting involved in that side, in the Asia-Pacific. So you interviewed. So how did, how did you go, go from being, being interviewed to becoming a volunteer? Oh, I like talking. You like talking. <laughs> so what did yeah. you do at Free Sour when you first came here? Well, because I had a deep head. So yeah. I eventually went, oh, you know, can I get a trainer? And, you know, I started doing that. Yeah. Then I started getting um, – I've actually – did a, a course in radio training, so I'm actually a, a, a course. Yeah, yeah, officially a radio trainer. What, what do you do a radio trainer course? Oh, I can't remember. I mean, I've been here forty years or thirty nine <laughs> years, and I can't. I didn't know you did courses. I just thought you just volunteered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I did courses as well. So, well, um, but how are you in a living? I'm multi talented. Yeah, I know that. I yeah. know that. But that's why we're interviewing you. Yeah, yeah. We, we only interview interesting people on yeah, Radio Australia. We don't, of course, we don't interview balls. <laughs> Apart from one, <laughs> we've had one boring interview, I see. Oh, well, and, and, and he is—he is a three CR saint, but he had the most boring life. I see. And now I know why he's rebelled. It was so yeah. boring. You ask him, "How was school?" Oh, it was wonderful. <laughs> yeah, how was I was really. This was this was Michael Smith. Oh, I see. Yeah. You know, yeah. good old Michael. You know, three CR yeah. saint. He had such a boring life. Oh, oh. Oh. He's very good though. Yeah, he's excellent. He's a yeah. saint. He's a and saint. I haven't even gone through some of the skeletons of my life, but. Uh, I won't tell about those. Keep going. You've got skeletons. There are a few skeletons there. But, anyway. but you, don't want, you don't want to share skeletons. No, no, no. This no. is not about skeletons. No, no, This no, is no. about you. No, no. Anyway, you get Obviously, the skeletons you've left in the cupboard, hopefully. Oh, no, no. They're all out. They're all out? Oh, yeah, oh, Tell yeah. us one or two. No, 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 no. Don't worry about it. They're all out. Yeah, yeah. They're all out. You're happy. Yeah, yeah, very happy. <laughs> like, us, like your dad. Yeah, yeah, put yeah. it on your dad. You're happy, are you, Pierre? That's right. Your exactly skeletons are gone. Right. Yeah. Even right. though as a, as, a, as a health professional, you know, stress, keeping things in, just not good for your health. Well, it's not. Just let them out. No, it's 52, especially but, 52. You know, blood right. pressure, diabetes, right. yeah. cardiac disease, See, you know, it just goes on. He's doing a health checkup on me. No, I'm myself. <laughs> <laughs> just wait till you get to 64. Anyway, we're up. We're up to about early 90s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I just started get. Like politically, that's how I started getting into the Asia-Pacific region, mm-hmm. uh, into issue. And then at a work front, I got landed this job at a place called Hepatitis Victoria. You landed a job? 
Yeah, well, because I had no real experience of health. Yes. But because I had so much community, it was a trained education person. Right, right, right. Oh, you had a dip ed, you had a master's. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I had no training in health, you know, whatever. Anyway, I ended up staying there 12 years. Excuse me. 12 years. You stayed in one yeah, job yeah. for 12 years. Tell us about the job. Yeah. What, what did it entail? Well, it was involved about um, viral hepatitis, talking uh-huh. to people, doing education, training. I learned lots about you know, health and social determinants of health, uh, health promotion, uh, alcohol and drug issues. You know, matter about you know. And you learnt the political dimensions about health. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right, that's yeah, right. You know, yeah. I had no idea what an NSP was, yes. which is needle syringe program. Yeah, yes. You know, when there, so it was really good. It was mm. excellent, excellent. Well, I stayed it's been there twelve years. That's a long time. Yeah, yeah. I was really enjoying. It. Then I got kicked out, but. <laughs> Another story, excuse me. <laughs> now, didn't you do a program here on 3CF? I did, for 10 years. 10 years. It's called HepChat. HepChat, that's right. Yeah, I yeah, remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, it was the first ever radio program on hepatitis C and harm reduction. Right. In the world. In the world. I, I checked it. In the world. In the world. Yeah, yeah. You I got, can lay got, claim to that. You've got a history of being kicked out. Kicked out of Eritrea, kicked out of the Philippines. Of Libya. Libya. And yeah. <laughs> kicked and out of Hepatitis. What happened? What um, did that... Tell us names, but what, what, why? Um, a new CEO came, mm-hmm. and I think they didn't want people with experience around. I understand that. I've seen that before. Yeah, yeah. I've actually got a um, an exceptionally difficult um, patient, not difficult, in, but in terms of medical needs, mm-hmm. and we've had, and, and she has had all these carers for many, many years. And we had this new nurse uh, person introduced yep. to the care who took over from the last one who yep. manages the patient. Yep. And he said to me, he said, oh, look, the first thing we're going to have to do is get rid of all the carers because they've been here too long and they, we can't educate them. <laughs> so it's the same principle. And I said, on your, you know, on your deathbed you do. All right. But it was the same principle because yeah. they want to mould it into their organisation. That's right. And I was, since I was actually the union delegate as uh-huh. well, all right. I was the first one. What, to, was, what was to, the union? ASU, the Australian Services Union. Right. Um, I've been involved beforehand. Like I yeah. was a member already. But it's not my, No, it's not me. Forget <laughs> about it. Forget about it. It's not me. It's your phone. You should turn it off. <laughs> he can't even turn his own phone no, off. No, no. Um, and um, so, so yeah, I was the union for the for the union. Mm. So that job was really good because I really got involved in the union because mm. it was a stable job. Before yeah. then, I had little jobs. It's hard to. Yeah. But anyway, no, so I was the first off the rank because obviously the person said, well, get rid of the union delegate. Then within six months, all the staff got, in one way or another, they got rid of. Right. But that's, we'll leave that. We'll leave. Well, lucky, lucky there's a cure now for hepatitis that's C correct. because then they'll get rid of those people soon. Uh, that's right. I yeah. think there's been a bit of a churnover since <laughs> yeah. then. But anyway, let's yeah. not go, go there. Now, well, that would have been very disheartening, really, wouldn't it? After 12 years. Look, I, look I, yes, it was ready to go. I was ready to move on. Uh, but, yeah, but... But you weren't ready to be pushed out. There's a difference. No, no, no. But, look, in life, you learn when to fight and when not to. Mm-hmm. And when to go, I've just got kicking the head. Um, got a bit of a headache, mm-hmm. but let's move on. Mm-hmm. Because if I keep fighting, I'll just get have more of a headache. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, I could have gone fair work and all that, but I've yeah. got on, like... Two more weeks of pay, you know, What's it wouldn't. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I it's just the thought, old story. You got a brick wall as the an only, activist. The only thing that I regret is that I then opened up for all my fellow workers, and some of them got really badly treated. Mm. So that I regret, not for myself, but 
for what it meant once they got rid of me. Mm-hmm. So what year was that? About five years ago now. About five years ago. So, so how have you wasted your life in the last uh, five years? I've, just, I've gone back to a casualised, flexible work in the community field. And in just other words, you haven't got a permanent job. That's exactly <laughs> right. I love I love Flexible, casualised. You've got all the terminology. Before, I've got all the terminology. I've working for Fair, Fair Work Australia. You know, you'd be perfect. <laughs> but you see... Then working for Slong at Hepvik, it allowed me to really get into union. So right. I've actually been involved in union movement a long time. And, you know, I get all these words because I've done a lot of work with unions internationally as well in the Asia-Pacific region. Mm. I'm a member of Australia-Asia Worker Links. Can you tell us well. about Australia-Asia Worker Links? It's a, it's a union, trade union-based organisation that links workers and labour organisations in the Asia-Pacific region because basically... We're all one world, and and a lot of one of the issues that I see with unions these days is we've got a proud history of growing up from the local shop or local factory or local office, whatever. But the economy is global, and just because things worked for a hundred years doesn't mean they're working now. Right. And we and all these companies are global. Mm. So how do we? globalize ourselves Mm. how do we have global actions Mm. and how do we have global organizations Mm. and unfortunately this is not just me but certainly i believe it is the union movement is very slow and late in addressing these issues and i certainly don't have the answers because they're really difficult but if we don't start the process then you'll never get there well, you're right, because I, uh, I was asked to uh, speak to the uh, retired Australian Metal Workers Union oh, yeah. branch, and I spoke to about 50 or 60 people, and I spoke there. And it was uh, quite um, an education to understand that a once proud, strong union with over 250,000 members will be lucky to have 25,000 members by the end of the year. And, and it is a real huge issue. That's right. And so what do you do when that happens? Because in many ways, the jobs have not gone. They've just shifted to yeah. another. And so we have to shift our – because people would think, oh, they've gone from Melbourne to Geelong. You know, and people go, oh, well, they're, they're still you know, in Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but now they've just gone to Melbourne to Shanghai or Melbourne yeah. to Mumbai now, mm, you know. Mm, mm. They're still there. It's just different workers who are doing it. The jobs have not been lost. So how do we – and the question is these companies were, look for where their uh, labour force is the, unorganised so mm. they can pay them shit wages, yep. no health and safety, blah, Live blah, Live on blah. the job. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So how do we organise? Mm. You know, like we've got four – you know, well, a lot of people got four uh, weeks annual leave. I can assure you, you can go to any worker in China and say – would you like four weeks on your leave paid? <laughs> I can tell you that no one would go, oh, no, no, I need to keep my competitive advantage. That's right. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, there's been so many strikes and, and, and uh, confrontations in China. It's the big, big yeah. horizon for the trade union movement. Yeah. And again, if you go yeah. to a worker in Bangladesh yeah. and say, would you like $2 a, da- a day Instead or of would you like $25 an hour right. yeah. s- for seven hours' work? Yeah. I think I know what the answer is going to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's... Yeah, um, yeah. So that what keeps, keeps me busy and, you know... Yeah, yeah. But you know what I've learned? What do you mean keeps you busy? Obviously, it doesn't pay. No. So... It's hobbies. 
Yeah, but no, it's, it's not good a hobby. for your mental health. It's not a hobby. It's a vocation. It's right. a calling. It's a calling. A hobby is no, nah, that's the wrong word. It's a Hobbies vacation. Like table tennis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Table tennis. Yeah. Why are you, you juggling as well? Did you did you do the Olympics? No, no. Did you I watch did, the Olympics? You did competition table tennis did you? once. Yeah. yeah. Did yeah. you? Yeah. What do you reckon about table tennis? It's great. Why, why would you play table tennis? Good fun. Not the type of thing. <laughs> Good fun. Hitting a ball over a table. That's right. Bang, bang, bang. Just like playing football. Soccer, whatever you call it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah football, football. Yeah, yeah football. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, played yeah. that too, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what did you play? What do you mean? What I was, position? I was a midfielder forward. Oh, I was the I was the penalty taker. Penalty for, taker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Didn't Every mi- time. Didn't miss. Never. 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 You must have been playing the fourth division or something. <laughs> Fifth even. Fifth. <laughs> I picked it. Yeah. Mm. All right. Uh, so these, these things you do for relaxation, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. it's important, isn't Yoga it? Yoga and all yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's important. A lot of people don't do that. They just, they just cycling. Oh yeah. no, you've got to look. You're totally right. I've seen too many people on the left, even though you don't call yourself on the left. There are too. They get too involved. I mean. They get too, I mean, let's face it, the world is a horrible place. We want it to be better. You have to have some distance, mm. otherwise you will You'll burn, burn out. You'll, you'll burn yourself. out or you'll go mad. Yeah. You know, you can't. Well, you see it all the time. You see yeah. the factional struggles. You see, you see good movements divide along personality lines not or so-called ideological lines. Yeah, often and, and, and Or it, power, you know. Yeah, and, and, it's, and so what happens to a small group that actually has no successes? I've always said to people, Always get involved in some struggles where you know you're going to succeed because you need that success in order to replenish your energy. I look at the long term. Mm. That's, how, that's how I do it. I look at it. I have two ways of seeing it. Mm. One is that it's not about me. Mm-hmm. The struggle is like if, if I died today, mm-hmm. nothing much in the world would change. I wouldn't, no. That's no, right. No. So I, I can do my bit. Mm. I can do it better. I can well, there'd be worse. less... There'd be one less person farting in the cabin. <laughs> That's so, right. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you've got to see it that way. Mm. The movement is lots of people all doing lots of, you know, we're all building our, mm. our walls or our buildings, yeah. often not talking to each other. Mm. And if you look at history, often things change. Mm. Looking back in hindsight, you can go, oh, yes, that's why, you know. But when you're in it, you can't see you've it. got no idea why or, or what. So well, you've got no idea things are going to explode in six months' time. That's exactly you, right. You've got no, who, who would have believed 68 would have happened? You know? No that's idea. A, who would have known the Arab Spring would have taken? Exactly. That's yeah. right. It doesn't matter where it goes, but the fact that it occurred, that, 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 that spring, that you know, that yeah. freedom, you know? That's right. And it still isn't finished because these no. things are not like, you know, oh, yeah, the morning paper. It's That's got, right. you know. Yeah, yeah. And so, and again, this is another thing, is you look at long term. Mm. And also the fact that even when you lose things, mm. you, you know, unless you end up in a gas oven or whatever or in the mm. deepest mm. jail, mm. things continue. Yeah, yeah. Losses are only temporary. Yeah, well, using that old IWW slogan, for the long haul, for the long haul. Well, that's right. Yeah. You got any parting thoughts for our listeners? I mean, you're 52. You've had a wide experience in life. You're surviving. Um, be no, I won't say be happy. Be content with yourself mm-hmm. and learn from your mistakes, and Look. be open to talking to people. Well, you have learned from your mistakes, <laughs> and you are open to talking to people. 
<laughs> well, thanks you very much, and have a, a great birthday. And uh, take what's left of the cake after those vultures at the front desk and yeah, yeah. upstairs have eaten it. And uh, enjoy it with your friends, and uh, that's the only thing. Is no worries. No as, your, as, as your parents said, be happy, Pierre. Be happy. That's exactly it. Thanks very much for the opportunity, Joe, and thanks to Andy for panelling. No worries. Thank you very much, Andy, and thank you very much, Pierre. And uh, obviously we'll have another scintillating guest next week on Radical Australia. Yeah.